Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. I have a question for you. Do you think we ought to ever argue with an unbeliever? Argue about the scriptures, about salvation, about the way to eternal life? Should you ever argue about that? Well, there's a verse that relates to this. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 3, where we read, But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is within you, yet with gentleness and reverence. This is a very important uh, verse, and I think particularly when we're talking with individuals and we're having a conversation with them, we should be ready to tell people why we believe. If they ask, if they wonder, well, why are you a Christian? Why do you live the way you do? What's different about you? If they're interested in knowing this, we should be able to tell them how Christ has made a difference in our lives, and we should tell them why we believe in Christ. You don't always have to have all the academic answers, what we would call apologetics. Apologetics comes from this very verse, where it says that this word, give an account or make a defense, excuse me, always being ready to make a defense. This word defense in the Greek is the Greek word apologia from which we get our word apologetics. Apologetics simply means to be able to give a reason why we believe. Apologetics usually refers to why I believe the Bible's true, why Jesus is the way to heaven, why I know there's a God, why I believe in creation, things of this nature. But sometimes apologetics can simply be your testimony, how Christ has changed your your life and made you a new person. And this should be something we should all be ready to say, all be ready to give this reason why you are a Christian. And it's fine if it's just deeply personal. We should do this with gentleness and reverence. When we're talking to an individual, I think we should always remember our goal isn't to win the argument, it's to win the soul. And so keep this in mind when you're talking to people. It's easy to get defensive. It's easy to get argumentative. It's easy to let it degenerate into a fight or an argument where it becomes polarized and angry. Remember, when you're talking to an individual, your goal is to win. Your goal isn't to win the argument. Your goal is to win the soul. It doesn't mean you back down from the argument. It doesn't mean that you allow things to be said that aren't true. But remember, the goal is to win the soul. That's why you do it with gentleness and reverence. But in the book of Acts, we see someone who was quite different. And actually, the more you think about it, we see something quite different throughout most of the Bible, in the Gospels, in the Old Testament, and the New Testament. Let's read from Acts chapter 18 about a fellow named Apollos. You ready? Acts 18, beginning with verse 24. Now, a Jew named Apollos, an Alexandrian by birth, an eloquent man, came to Ephesus, and he was mighty in the Scriptures. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, or I like the New Living, being enthusiastic in spirit, he was speaking and teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus, being acquainted only with the baptism of John. 
and he began and he began to speak out boldly in the synagogue. Now, to understand this, he'd probably some some of John's disciples had probably spread through throughout and announced uh, throughout the the country to where um, uh, Apollos was from, Alexandria down in in Egypt, and they'd announced the Messiah had come, but they were only familiar with John the Baptist and that he had baptized Jesus. And so they were announcing this, but they probably were not yet aware that Jesus had died and risen from the dead. So what happened? Uh, Aquila, well, when Aquila and Priscilla heard him, these were two disciples, they took him aside and explained him the way of God more accurately. And when he wanted to go across to Achaia, the brethren encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. Here's what I want to get to. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating by the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. So notice here, Apollos didn't seem to shy away from the argument. Evidently, he was proclaiming the gospel. He was a mighty man, an eloquent man, an enthusiastic man, fervent in spirit, who was publicly declaring what he knew about Jesus. And he had to be corrected a little bit. Jesus was more than baptized. He also died and rose again. He began to preach that. But notice what it says, that he powerfully refuted the opponents, those who were saying, no, this Jesus isn't the Messiah. He powerfully refuted them using the scriptures, and he did it in public. But notice who was who did this affect? This affected the other believers. The ones who were blessed by this, the ones who were strengthened by this, were the other Christians, those who had believed in Christ through grace. Those who come to be those who were saved. And and here we go. So he refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating by the scripture Jesus was the Christ. He he greatly encouraged those who had believed through grace. That's the verse I was looking for. What's this tell us? Sometimes apologetics, the defense of the faith, the reason we believe should be proclaimed publicly in front of unbelievers and allow the unbelievers, the skeptics, the agnostics, the atheists, those who disagree, the opponents, to respond to them publicly, not so much to win them, but to win the crowd. Now, of course, we want to win them as well. But the goal at this time, when we're publicly refuted, is to win the crowd. We see Jesus do this. Jesus often with the, came to the Pharisees. He was willing to engage in public debate with them, public dispute with them, public reproof of them. Why? Because he was trying not necessarily to win them, although, of course, you want to, but his goal at that point when people were opposing him was to win the crowd, to teach the crowd, don't follow these people. These people are going the wrong way. Don't follow them. Follow the truth. And the truth was being debated publicly, shall we say, and the crowds were the jury. The crowds were the audience. The crowds were who he was trying to win. Like I said, we see this throughout Scripture. We see it when when Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal. Why? 
to win the, the, the Jewish people, to win the, the audience. Those who were, it says in 2 Kings 18, who were hesitating between, or 1 Kings 18, hesitating between two opinions, didn't know what to believe. And the truth would come out when the prophets of Baal and the prophets of God, Elijah, would duke it out publicly, duke it out publicly. We do this today. Like I said, Elijah, Jesus, Apollos, Paul, all these people, and we do this today. When we, I do this today when I preach publicly. Yes, you want to win everyone, but by teaching the defense of the faith apologetics and, and publicly interacting with those who disagree, who's encouraged, who's strengthened, the believers, the body of Christ. Why is this? It's because that's the world they live in. I want to point out something. Almost all apologetics is taught in the church, in a Sunday school class, in a Christian uh, meeting, where there really is no opposition. No one's pushing back. No one's challenging what you say. And so in reality, we can say kind of what we want. And if no one pushes back, they don't make us refine what we believe, defend what we believe. So that so it is clear that what we believe is true. But when you do it publicly, which like I do on campus, then in reality, you've got to really be able to defend your position. They're pushing back. They're not just accepting simple answers. They're giving the cross-examination, shall we say. And if you don't know what you're talking about in that situation, you're going to be stuck. The people, who are, the people who are in the classes, the believers who are in the classes, the believers who are living in the world, whether it's on the campus or in the workplace or wherever it is, they've got to see apologetics taught in the world in which they live because that's the world they're living in. That's what they need. Look at some of these verses here. Jude chapter 3, Beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints. This is one of the verses that means a lot to me that I want to apply. Why? Because this, this is what happens when you preach the gospel publicly, like we talk, we've been talking about this week. When you preach it publicly, there will be pushback. People don't like it. You take it to their turf. People don't like what you're saying. You Remember years ago in my story that I write about in my book, Taking to Their Turf, the professor said, say what you want in your church, but this is my turf. You don't bring that here. And if you do, we're going to push back. We're going to challenge. We're going to disagree. We're going to argue. We're going to debate. We're going to make you defend what you say about your faith. And that's important that we contend. There's nowhere that says Jude 3 only applies to the church. My friends, we better realize something. The people who have been told lies about about the Bible. The people who have who have been had for them the Bible what they call now deconstructed. So that they no longer believe what it says and they've left the church, many of whom are our own kids are like this, right? Well they're not going to the church and hearing the apologetic classes anymore. They're out on the campus and they're hearing people who are refuting the gospel. And so therefore if we want to win those people back where must we go? Where must we debate? Where must we contend earnestly for the faith? We must do that in public, 
in public, in the places where the gospel is being attacked, where our ideas are being attacked, that's where we must defend it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, we're destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. This is part of the ministry of public evangelism and public declaration of the gospel, publicly contending for the faith, destroying the speculations, raising up the knowledge of God, giving the answer. So I go back to the question, is it appropriate to argue with an unbeliever? And what I would suggest is this, if you're in a one-on-one conversation, keep the heat down, keep the heat down, talk to them, win them, share with your examples, share your testimony and so on. But remember, the goal isn't to win the argument, the goal is to win the soul. It doesn't mean you back down, but always keep in mind your spirit, your attitude is so critical. If you're in public, like when I preach on campus, now the goal is, is to win the crowd. It's to win the crowd, to win the audience. And to do that, it often requires winning the argument. We do it with gentleness, with reverence, with kindness, with grace, with love. But we contend earnestly for the faith. We destroy those speculations raised against the knowledge of God. We present that we have the truth. We stand on the truth unashamedly, declaring it, defending it, living it. Let's pray about it. Father in heaven, we bless you today. And we ask you to raise up a whole army of people like Apollos in our, in our culture, in our schools, in our classrooms, amongst our students. Lord, in, in, the, in the public square like where Paul uh, would preach, in the synagogue where Paul and Apollos and others would declare your truth, and discussions would engage, and they would stand up, and they would declare your truth. Raise up an army of Apollos, of people like him, like people like Elijah, like people like Jesus, who would confront the Pharisees publicly and would win the crowds, even though the Pharisees were angry and wanted to kill him. He won the crowds. He won the people. Or Stephen, who won the people. All of us, all of these type people, raise up a host of eloquent people, mighty in the Scripture, like Apollos was, who could powerfully teach your word in public. We pray for this and ask it and give you this day. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, let me mention quickly, I've, as I was praying, this came to my mind. When we go to Israel, one thing that I learned new there, the synagogue I always thought was like the church. Actually, it's not true. The synagogue was not only the place where the religious meetings went on, but all the community. The, the synagogue was the meeting place of the entire community. Basically, anything that got discussed, talked about, debated, so on, went on in the synagogue. It was more than just the religious place. We, it's not comparable to our church today. The synagogue might rather be comparable to the public square, the church, the public square, the, the mall, the college campus, all rolled into one was the synagogue. Anyway, God bless you. So glad to have you along. If you're new today, welcome. I hope you join us every day. We come here and get in the Word of God every morning at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Allow to encourage us, strengthen us. We want to know the Word of God more accurately. We want to, if you're going to contend for the faith, you got to know the Word of God. That's why you come here and get in the Word. So glad to have you along. So glad that you're giving me this opportunity to be a blessing and encouragement to you. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning. God bless you. 
Bye-bye.